First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22 to 25. <clears throat> now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, you have sincere love for your brothers. Love one another deeply from heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. Grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. Please join me in. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word that you give to us. Lord, we want to pray that uh, you will subject us now under the tutelage of the Holy Spirit himself, who is our teacher, so that, Lord, we may humble ourselves to your word and that we will hear, not only hear what you, 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 you said, but also that we will be able to do in accordance to your word. And so, Lord, please speak to all of us. Speak to those of us who are here to those who are joining us via Zoom, and help us together, Lord, to hear your word. And I myself to you, Lord, that you may use me as your vessel, as your trumpet, O oh Lord, uh, through whom you speak to all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> but just before I speak, I think I will recognize uh, the presence of my wife, Nancy. She's here today. I, we mentioned that last week. She couldn't come because... Uh, she had what I described minor <laughs> surgery, uh, and now you see, I meant it. <laughs> so here she is. So thank you, Nancy. For you want to stand up and just say, so people can see that you're actually good. Okay, good. Thank you so much. So um, this is really a continuation of uh, the, the, the the passage that we we began talking about last week. Um, and as I said, this epistle here is written to the people who are facing adversity, very serious adversity. They are suffering persecution because of their faith, uh, the first Christians, the, the Christians of the early church. And um, uh, they, they are simply just being persecuted because of their faith. And Nero has decided to blame them for the fire that consumed the city of Rome. And, uh, of course, the, the, the worst part of this is you'll notice that it's actually Nero himself who had lit this fire. And he decided to use Christians as a scapegoat. Um, to, to, and, and, you know, saw the, that occasion to be able to blame them for the fire. And so uh, they are really having a very difficult time trying to figure out, uh, I mean, how, how do we live? We know that God has called us to glorify him in all of our lives, at home, in the neighborhood, in our places of work, uh, everywhere we are. But how, how, how can we do this, fight God, when all this is going on? And what Peter is doing here is that, uh, 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 he's not ig- ignoring what is going on. He's not trying to ignore. By the way, remember, Peter is one of them. So they are actually going through this together. He's not standing aloof and, and watching them, you know, go through suffering. No. The things that he is saying here is actually 
if you will, using that plural, we. This is what we ought to do. In order to be able to continue to glorify God in the face of adversity, the question that we raised last week is, how ought we to live in order that we may continue to be able to to glorify God in the midst of things that we face? And and I want you to to put yourself there. I don't know what uh, in your own personal life, in your marriage life, in your um, work life, neighborhood life, I don't know what situations you may be facing even right now in terms of your own adversities. And then the question is, how then can you continue to live a life that brings glory and honor to God in the face of that adversity that you face? So last week, the answer that Peter gave from the previous passage, uh, verses uh, 13 to 21, was be Heavenly minded. Okay? And we, we saw that is not a fright from this world. No? We actually saw that C.S. Lewis says that people who have lived with, we call it an eschatological mindset, people who have lived with that, when he studied through the history of people, he found that people who had that heavenly mindset are actually the people who had the most impact here on earth. So we don't want to think, oh, if my mind is just thinking heaven, 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 and the future of the time that we will be with Jesus, then we ignore what is going on here on earth. No, it, is, it actually drives us to do a lot more here on earth. So for today, what Peter is telling us Last week, be heavenly minded. Today, love one another. Love one another. So what Peter is telling us, in order to glorify God in the face of adversity, we are called by God as a church to love one another. Now, love is really the greatest need. The psychologists tell us, that the greatest need of every human being on earth <clears throat> is to love the need to love and the need to be loved. And I don't know whether you, are, you fit in that category. I know I do. And if you ask this lady here, she will tell you that I do. <laughs> and when I don't see it, sometimes I can behave like a little kid so that I can attract her attention. Okay. Everybody wants to be loved, and everybody wants to be able to express love. And, but the kind of love that God is calling us to today in this verse uh, 22 here, love one another is actually a unique kind of a love. It's a very special kind of love. <clears throat> God is calling us to a very special kind of love, and the kind of love that uh, God is calling us, we are going to describe it, there are three characteristics of the kind of love that God is, is calling us to. And I'm going to call the first one, and excuse uh, the, 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 the language here because it's not even English, I'm going to call it and I will describe what I mean by that. Just allow me to coin a word there. 
And the other one is uh, earnestness. And the other one is sincerity. Okay? Phileoness is one of the characteristics of this, of this love that God is calling us to. Uh, earnestness is the second characteristic. And the thirdly, this, is, this love also is supposed to be sincere kind of love. So let's talk about the phileoness. So God is calling us to practice phileo kind of love for one another. Now, you definitely must have heard um, uh, from many preachers, maybe Norma or myself, talking about uh, this idea of love in the English language is a little bit ambiguous. Because you are going to say, I love my car. I love my wife. I love my, my dog. You know, do you mean the same thing? You are using the same word to describe really different. There is no way I'm going to be able to love my wife the same way I love my car. That has to be a different kind of a love that I have for my wife and and the one I have for my car. Okay? So now, the Greek language is very specific. It has different words to describe different expressions of love. So, for example... There are four basic ones, but there are many more, really. But the four are the most, the ones that seem to stand out. One is called the heros kind of love. And that is more of the romantic, passionate kind of love. And another category is called storge kind of love. Storge. And that is more of a friendly, friendship kind of love. Affectionate kind of love. Another kind of love is called um, agape kind of love. And this kind of love is really what we sometimes we say is a God love. The kind of love that God shows to us. But guess what? It is also the kind of love God expects us of him. The command to love God and to love our neighbors. Get what, guess what that is? Agape love. God wants us to love him the same way he loves us, with the same kind of love that he loves us. And that is agape kind of love. And agape love is love that is self-sacrificial, love that is self-giving. And when I say that, you already know the best example of that is the Lord Jesus Christ. Love that is Outward looking, love that gives, that love that is about the other person. And we see that at the cross of Jesus Christ. Everything, nothing for himself, everything for other, for you and for myself. But there is this fourth kind of love, which is phileo kind of love. Phileo, Philadelphia. This is the familiar kind of love from the word family. Familiar. Um, and so here we are talking about a, a love that is to be expressed between brothers and sisters in a family. And you can even bring it in a biological family. That kind of a, a, a love that is experienced between brothers and sisters and moms and dads and their children, thus familiar love. It is the word that is used in the passage that we are discussing here. When it says here, 
To love one another is to love one another with that uh, familial kind of love. So what is this uh, phileo here? It is uh, the, the reason for this call for us to love in this way is because there is we have entered, when you become a Christian, you have actually entered into a new relationship. You have entered into the family of God. So this is not a natural family. This is a spiritual family. A family in which, by the way, there are no moms and dads. There are no grandfathers and grandchildren. There are simply brothers and sisters and only one father. Our Heavenly Father. And this is an amazing family, by the way. It is a family that connects us all the way back to the people that have gone before us. Abraham, David, we belong to the same family. Everybody who exists today as a Christian across the globe is a member of the family of God. And that's why we say when we pray for the people, the Christians who are being persecuted in different parts of the world... We say we pray for them, not uh, really because when they hurt, we are hurting as well. Because we belong together. We are one thing. We are one unit, one family of God. Those who have existed in the past, those who exist today across the board, and actually also those who will come after us, we still belong together. Even though we don't see don't see us, but we belong together in this wonderful family of God. And God is calling us to love one another as members of the same family. When did we come? How did this happen? We read in first, in John chapter 1 verse 12 to 13, it says, In his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. We have been born of God. We have been adopted into the family of God, and therefore, we belong together. We belong together. And God is calling us to love one another. God is calling Trinity Christian Reformed Church to love one another. Members of of this church to love one another. God is calling you to love one another. So, the first one is that kind of love, that phileo kind of love. And this is not in exclusion of other kinds of love. God is calling us to love our neighbors, whether they are Christians or not. But this particular call here is for us Christians to love each other. For you to love your Christian brother and sister. So, one characteristic of this love that God is calling us to, it's unique, is that it is that kind of love that is phileo, kind of love. Secondly, it is a love that is characterized by earnestness. It is love that is earnest. God is calling us to love one another earnestly. It means to love one another from our heart. To love one, and when the Bible uses the word heart, it's actually talking about the very core of your existence. To love that person with the whole of yourself. 
to love each other that way, to love your brother, your sister uh, in Christ from the heart. A love that is um, not just passive kind of love. It is a love that is not, that, that does not sit back when somebody is in need. It is love that moves you to go and do something. Love that is deeply committed to that person. That is the kind of love that God is calling us to. When he, ca- he calls us to love one another. To love, to have that sisterly and brotherly love with one another. He is calling us to an earnest love. And thirdly, he is calling us to this kind of love that is sincere. God is calling us to a sincere kind of love. This is an interesting English word, by the way. The word sincere without wax. Without wax. Oh, what does that mean? (laughs) So this is what this means. So you go to a carving shop. And maybe you are going, you buy maybe an elephant, a carving of, of an elephant. And by the time you get home, you find that something seems to be wrong with the trunk. It's kind of loose. Oh, this is not what I wanted to buy. What's going on? He tell you exactly what was going on. And that is that this uh, carving actually fell, the trunk broke, and what they did, they took some very strong glue, glued it back, and then they waxed it. They waxed it. So that you, you cannot see where the, the joint is. So God is calling us to a love that is sincere, meaning without wax. There is nothing hypocritical about it. There is nothing superficial about it. It is a love that is authentic. Love that is sincere. Love that you can actually say, yes, this person truly calling us to love one another with a brotherly, sisterly love. Community of lovers. We are a community of people who love one another. Yes, we acknowledge the fact that there are differences. And maybe even those of us seated here, we may have a lot of ideological differences. Politically, in every way, many, many differences. But even with all those differences, God is not calling us to a uniformity. Unity doesn't mean uniformity. He is calling us to love one another in spite of our differences. And you know, you can only find this in church. Where you have different from all kinds of walks of political ideologies, but then they still gather together. They worship the Lord together. People of different races, they gather together and they love one another and they worship the same Father. The Father who is their God. All of them worshiping Him together. So, God is calling us to this kind of love. And, and I wanted to share a little bit of um, my personal experience of this. How I have actually personally experienced this kind of love um, uh, since I came to this country. So I came to this country initially by myself, 2001. Um, and um, to Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, from no snow at all to six months of snow, <laughs> which was quite a welcome for me. 
I never had since now before I, before I came here. And so I come to uh, six months now. Um, and um, I, I really felt a stranger. Really, really. I was a complete stranger. I hadn't, uh, I, you know, I didn't know anybody. So uh, this first Sunday, um, I got to the church that is nearby, the, the seminary that I was attending, Calvin Theological Seminary in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, Woodlawn, Woodlawn Christian Reformed Church. And um, um, the very first Sunday, they actually invited me to stand up and to greet people. And, and they wanted to know about me. They, they, people came to me and they're asking, so who are you and how, what, what can we do to help you? And, and wow. I mean, and these, the songs we sing in the church, they, they, I felt like these are familiar songs. I, I felt like, um, it, the church just immediately made me to feel welcome, to feel loved, to feel at home. And so, um, the, just ch- the church in general, but there's one family that stood out. And they are, this is called the Norse family. And they took a step to just love me. They had a son. His name was Pete. Is Pete. And Pete came to me and he said, if you need to go anywhere, just call me. Here's my number. Call me. I'll be taking you wherever you want to go. If you want to go shopping or whatever, just call me. And um, uh, the family, his family, in, uh, Pete was, a, 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 you know, the son of this, this, you know, the North family. So they invited me. They said, every time after church, if you want to come for dinner, even though it's over lunch hour, uh, you can come for lunch. You can come for dinner every Sunday, anytime. Feel free to come at, at any time. And even though every Sunday they will come and say, come over, come. Can, would, can you come for lunch today? You know, and I would tell you I went for so many lunches <laughs> because the best at cooking. And so uh, um, they they continue to love me, and I know one of the times as as I'm um, enjoying, you know, was with them. <coughs> they would excuse me. They would ask me questions like, uh, "Oh, little water here." They would ask me questions like, "How um, how can we help you? How can we pray for you?" And, and I told them, my number one problem right now is that I really wish there was a way my family could come here. I am terribly missing my family. And I was. I had never been separated from my family for more than two weeks. And now here I am. Um, and so I remember one Sunday, um, uh, Pete, the son, came and told me, Deacon's board wanted to meet with me that Sunday. So I went for a meeting that Sunday with the deacons board. And they sat with me and they asked me questions about my family. And they said, so uh, how is your family? And uh, what, have, what did you want? And I told them, oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I told them that um, I wanted to go home that, de- that December for Christmas just to see my family and to be able to just see them and then come back. And they asked me so many questions. And I to- of course, I told them I knew what I really wanted was for my family to come, but I know that is just, you know, an impossibility. Just want to go home and be with my family over Christmas. Uh, that is December of 2001. <clears throat> 
So they said, okay, uh, go, um, go. We, we are going to talk, to talk, and then we'll call you. So I went back to my dormitory. Um, and while I'm there, around, I think it was about 7.30 in the night, that I've received a phone call from Pete. He's, he was a member of, the board, of that uh, deacon board. So Pete called me. He says, Alfred, um, I'm coming over with another gentleman called Richard Housecamp, and we want to take you to a, a Starbucks. Okay, so they come, pick me up, we go to Starbucks, and then we take our coffee, and as we are drinking, they say to me, Pete is the one who says to me, the board, the, the deacon board is not going to send you to Kenya. And my heart was, why? And they said, instead, they are actually going to bring your family. And I thought, Wow. Wow. I mean, I was just trying to, uh, to protect my, my, my eyes. I mean, tears were just coming out. I, we are going to bring your family. And as though that was not enough, that was just the beginning of the good news, of the love that this church is pouring upon me. They said, Pete said, I also made a commitment at the board and decided that you and your family are actually going to move in into my house. I'm going to move out, live with my family, with my family for the time you're going to be here, and, uh, and you can use my four-bedroom house that belonged to Pete. And, and, and uh, this is around, um, I think, about um, maybe early November, uh, uh, October. And then he says, uh, there are a few things I want to do to prepare the house. And in fact, so I want you to move in right away so that you and I can work in preparing the house for your family. And while I'm there working and repeat and still going to class, his mother would come and pick our clothes, including mine. She would go wash them and bring them back. Every Saturday, she would do that faithfully. And I thought, I mean, what more can you ask for in terms of just this outpouring of love? Now, then, unfortunately, just before, uh, we were actually just in the process of planning for my family to come. We are right in the middle of December. They were going to come in the summer toward the end of December. Right in the middle of December, my father passed away back in Kenya. And then uh, it, uh, I got the report very early in the morning on a Sunday morning. And um, uh, Pete, of course, I'm staying with Pete. Pete got to know about it. I didn't know that he already called the pastor of the church and let him know. So I went to church that morning. And right in the middle, before the pastor starts to speak, he's, 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 he announced that my father had passed away. And uh, they prayed for me. After the service, uh, as I'm walking out, the pastor calls me. And he says, somebody came here as soon as he, they heard about this, and they offered to pay for your air ticket to go to Kenya if you so, if you, if you so wish to go for your father's funeral. And wow, this is Sunday. By Monday at 2 p.m., I already had my ticket, my air flight ticket to go to Kenya. And I'm just sharing this to show how one church called uh, Woodlawn Christian Reformed Church, how they touched the life of this person standing before you today by way of expressing this, love for one another.
They loved me. They embraced me. When my family came, they continued to, to love my family. In fact, up to today, is, uh, they are our family. Uh, Pete knows family, mom and dad. We, I call them directly mom and dad. We don't, I don't even say to him, your mom and your dad is my mom is, and my wife the same. Our children, they have become their grandparents. So they have American grandparents. They have an American family. It's just an amazing thing to come from this one particular local church. And, and, uh, and I'm just sharing this to show how love for one another, when the church uh, uh, accepts to express this love for one another, how much it can impact the life of a person. And this life has been impacted by Christian Reformed Church uh, Woodlawn. And um, you can tell, we go there so many times for our vacations, back to Grand Rapids, just to be with our, with our church there, with, to be with, um, with, our, with the North family. Uh, the, the, the friendship continues uh, up to today. Now, let me uh, try to answer one question here. Are there some people... Of course, the command is to love, to love one another. The question is, are there some people who are just not easy to love? Are there some people who are probably unlovable? Yes, there are. There are people who tend to be annoying. There are people who tend to be just difficult to love. People who, have, who may have irritating mannerisms. And so they become a little bit difficult to love. And the question still remains, should we as brothers and sisters love that person? The answer is absolutely. Absolutely. We ought to love even that person. How come? It's because guess, guess who is also not lovable? It's you, it's me. And God chose to love you. God chose to love me even when I was unlovable. And God loves that person as well. The Christian love is not the Hollywood kind of love. Hollywood kind of love is this heavy, overwhelming emotion toward a person. Why? Because that person has some admirable qualities. They are famed. They are beautiful. They are, they have a lot of money. Uh, we, we don't love a person. Christian love is not because that person has some lovable qualities. We love that person because God first loved us. And God loves that person as well. And so there's no, there's no one person who is unlovable uh, among us. The apostle John, and listen to this. The apostle John, you remember we call him the apostle of love? So very late in his years when he was about to die, some people came to him and said, oh, um, don't know if they called him Mr. John or whatever, said, what would be your last words for the church? What would you say to the church as your very last words? If you, you were not to say anything else, but these are your very last words to the church, what would you tell them? And John, who was very odd, almost 
difficult for him to speak, he managed to put out these words and said, I would tell them, love one another. That's the word of God. Love one another. You know, Jesus Christ himself, in the book of Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, he says, I am not ashamed to call them my brothers and sisters. He's not ashamed. He loves us so much that he's not ashamed to call you. Regardless of your mess, he's not afraid to call you his brother and sister. So let me give you this measure. How can you measure as a Trinity um, church? How can you measure whether you are actually practicing this either as a church or as an individual? And here is the measure for that. Are you practicing this love? Ask yourself this question. Do I love my brothers and sisters in Christ the way I would like to be loved? Let us pray. Father, thank you so much for speaking to us today. Thank you for this call for us to love one another. And Lord, I pray that you may help us. Help us, Lord, to express our love for one another, not because of any qualities that are there uh, in any person, because that's not the kind of love you are calling us. You are calling us to a love that is based on our new relationship that we have with people, a love that is because we belong together as brothers and sisters in the Lord. Help us, Lord, to love with that brotherly love, with that sisterly love, with that love that is earnest, that love that is sincere and authentic. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.